This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Fidel Crest, and is for entertainment purposes only. I just wanted to be able to get more money than what I'm getting in a, in my savings account, more money than what I'd get in a bond, and at least try and be on track, if not greater than what you know the average stock market's producing, around 10% per year. So I was happy trying to generate around sort of 2 to 5% every month consistently. Once I was able to get my head straight, I just formulated a plan, a 12-month plan. So I built that, and then I started doing some networking on LinkedIn, showing some guys... Uh, uh, my track record. And then I found a guy who I was working with who funded me, you know, essentially gave me some backing. And then I took that leap of faith. You, if you and I are supply and demand trader, you could draw a zone completely different to me. You may have your bodies or your candlesticks in that zone and leave the wicks out. I may do the opposite. I may have the whole candlestick in that supply zone. So, so it's, it's just subjective in that front. Trading is freaking subjective. You know, just learn the basics, understand that the workings of candlesticks, why they move the way they move, understand very basic supply and demand, and just find something that works for you you and just stick to it and optimize it. Bro, I still use it. It's, it's a habit. It's part of my life. So I have to, you know, I feel like implementing that is a life hack. Episode 229. All right, folks, we've got Ken Chigbo coming up on the show today. He has an amazing story to tell in terms of how he went through pretty much the entire trading industry before becoming a trader himself. That's coming up in a second. You're going to get so many insights in this interview. Trust me, it's a doozy. Plus, we have on the channel this week Brandon Abbas back to give you a five-step simple trading plan that anyone can master and a super simple way to remember it as well. Plus, we've got the live streams. Make sure you check those out, either the live market trading or the pre-market analysis stuff coming up this week. And if you do want to be on the live streams, then there's a link in the description. Just go down there and click it and you can enter to win. All right, folks, other things going on here. We've got the $1 trial of Robot Lab Live. In fact, next week we are starting on a new build here. This is where we're building out a trading strategy that one of my members has come up with and we're turning it into a fully automated trading robot. Uh, we are doing that on a weekly basis. You get a $1 trial and you're going to get to join this next build if you jump on board now and get to see that whole journey. All right, folks, that's enough from me. Let's hear from my sponsor and get on with the show. Fidel Crest is an award-winning prop firm that funds traders with up to $2 million and offers generous profit splits up to 90%. So one thing that really sets Fidel Crest apart is their no minimum trading days requirement on their challenge and verification stages. On top of that, traders who successfully pass the challenge and verification stages are eligible to receive a bonus payout of up to 30K on top of their funded stage profit split payout on performance. And be sure to use promo code TRADINGNUT, all one word, to get 10% off your next challenge. Click the link in the description below or the card above to find out more. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Ken Chigbo in the house, aka Ken the FX Freak. So if you know him by that name, welcome to the show, Ken. Oh, thank you very much, Cam. Absolute pleasure. I've been wanting to get on here for, for years. I know you've been after me uh, a little while ago. Uh, yeah, so it's good to finally get on. <laughs> it was. It was a while ago. Uh, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I gave up in the end. Uh, but it's so good, so glad to get you on. Now, um, we're going to, so the guys that don't know you, we're going to go through your story to start off with how you got into trading. We'll probably um, dive into that a little bit more deeper and then get into some of the some of the technical aspects of what you're doing here in the here and now. So, yeah, how did you get into 13 years ago? How on earth did it all start? How it all started, um, well, I'll put it in a nutshell. <clears throat> Essentially, I... Between the ages of 16 to 18, I got a position of in, in the summers uh, to work on the trade floor. So I was a runner. I was essentially getting um, the traders, the, the prop traders, their, their breakfasts, their lunches, their dinners, their dry cleaning, you name it, all sorts. Um, so I've been doing that through the summer. Then I was going to go to university. I didn't quite get the the, the grades I needed for my uh, chosen university. So I was a bit like, oh, sugar, what am I going to do? 
uh, reached back out to this company. They put me on the floor again as, as a runner rather than going to, to university. Um, and then I was, I was so hungry. I was, I was showing how tenacious I was because I saw all these traders on the floor of all these emotions flaring these, um, you know, at the times these, these are fixed income traders. They used to trade, um, the, the old system called TT ladders and you're seeing all the prices flickering. And I was just, I was so intrigued. So eventually a, a group of analysts that were on that trade floor who are feeding sort of information to these traders approached me because they saw just how hungry I was just to be, you know, involved and, and want to grow. Um, and they offered me a, like a, a trial to be an analyst. Okay. So they brought me in. Um, my, my role was to essentially um, absorb all this sort of fundamental news for every, all the workings of asset tr classes, traders are trading um, fundamentally, right. And then feed and relay that information over uh, and make it in, uh, in actionable form. So I did that for a good, uh, just over four years, um, felt like I hit an earning capacity, learned a lot of knowledge, and then wanted to, then wanted to take that and uh, further into the industry and make some more money. So I went into foreign exchange broking, like deliverable FX. I was helping companies manage their foreign exchange exposure. Um, again, the, the corporate world started to take its toll on me. I went into a bit of a downward spiral in terms of like my mental well-being, um, and then I was able to get myself into a, a stable position uh, to then formulate a plan. And that plan was ultimately my passion and the knowledge that I generated and. Uh, what I'd proven that I could do in terms of extracting money from the markets, I then took that leap of faith, you know, and and I had um, enough capital. I had a bit of private backing um, on my case uh, for, for me. And then, yeah, just, I, I left, I left my role um, in, in the city. And then here I am today, <laughs> just to bring yeah. that into a nutshell for you. <laughs> Fast forward, extreme. Uh, so, so back in, back, thinking about back then, I mean, were you sort of tinkering with with trading, you know, p putting positions on and stuff at the point where you were, you know, in that four year fundamental cycle where you're, you know, just at doing analysis and and at what point did you sort of think, well, maybe I should just utilize this and get get in there? Yeah, so I I, I was uh, I was dabbling in initially via form of spread betting. Um, now, uh, years ago, uh, f trading fundamentals was extremely easy in the sense of we were not competing like we are today with all the algos, with all the machines. Then it was just how quick are you as a trader? How quick are these fingers? So we'd have like, as an example, we'd have a piece of fundamental data. Um, that data would hit the wires and then you react. You know, you're either buying or selling. If, if we've got stronger GDP from the UK, you're quickly buying GU. Um, and the, it would give you that opportunity. You know, there's that split second of just being able to execute quick. We'd have this move to the upside. We'd consolidate a little bit. And then it'd be another opportunity to get in again before it pumps higher, depending on how the figure was. So that was my first sort of step, just trading purely fundamentals. I didn't, obviously I looked at the charts as, a, as, a, as an analyst, of course, but I just tried to trade purely fundamentals, which went well initially, but then outside of when there was data, um, what the hell was I doing? I had no plan, I had no strategy. And then that's when I you know, start seeing myself losing money quite consistently because I was right. tr trying to trade outside of fundamentals. So yes, I did trade through those four years um, as, as an analyst. It didn't go too well initially. Um, I went through a process of trading just fundamentals. Then I found a technical strategy, which was absolute mess. You know, as you could imagine, when you first started analyzing the chart, you got lines everywhere, Fibonacci's, MAs, you name it. Um, but then there was a guy on the on a trade floor, someone that I used to give information to because we'd sometimes get little whisper numbers before data. And in exchange for that, he sort of sat me down um, every, every evening or whenever he had an hour or three 
and we'd go over a supply and demand, supply and demand strategy, which I learned and proved to be quite um, profitable for me, or it was suited the way in which I approached the market from a fundamental view, just finding those big areas of where the sellers coming in, where the buyers coming in. But still at that point, I was failing, you know, I wasn't doing too well because I, yes, I'd learned the fundamentals. Yes, I'd learned a good strategy, but my head was still not right. You know, I was, I didn't understand that psychology played a massive part. Um, so yeah, that took me some time as well. Right, right, right. So, so, and then you got to the point where you, where you, you know, moved to the brokerage and then left the brokerage firm to, to start out on your own, what, as, as a full-time trader at that point, was it? With, with yeah, capital and. I, yeah, exactly. So I had over those, obviously over those years from, from the analyst and then obviously to, to, to working as a broker, I still, every evening, every free time that I had, I'd, I'd work on, on what it, my strategy, how I approached the market, working on myself, um, psychologically as well. Um, and I eventually once, so once I hit, once I, I went into that downward spiral, as I was saying before, just about being in the, in the corporate world, um, I, I decided, I actually read the secret. So the, the book secret, if anyone hasn't read it, um, yeah, that yeah. saved me, actually, that was my oh. saving grace in terms of changing the way in which I was thinking. And it got me out of that period of depression, actually. So <clears throat> once I was able to get my head straight, I just formulated a plan, a 12 month plan, um, to one, to prove that I can to myself um, be consistent. Okay. So built up a track record. I could be consistent, uh, extracting money, low drawdown, stable gains. Um, but then also at the same time, was trying to save some capital. I, I obviously through the industry that I was working in, I, I did, it was very lucrative. Um, so I, I was quickly able to build that capital, but I didn't, it wasn't right for me until I actually had a good track record. So I built that. Um, and then I started doing some networking on LinkedIn showing some guys uh, my track record. And then I found a guy um, who I was working with who funded me, you know, essentially gave me some backing. Um, and then I took that leap of faith. But Cam, in those first three months, so obviously I got to my desk, I was all excited, like um, my desk at home, at home after the, the, I'd left the, the corporate world. Got to my desk, coffee in the morning, just excited, like, yes, this is it now, I'm a trader. From that day, all hell broke loose. From that day for a solid three months, it was awful. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Everything went out the window, um, which was which was uh, scary, uh, which was scary. And I, I think it came down to just a couple of things. One, again, the psycholo- psychology side of things. I need to I need to make some bread here, you know, otherwise mm. I'm screwed in some sense. Obviously, I had savings and et cetera. But then also I had to adjust my strategy a little bit. It just wasn't working. Um, so I had to make adjustments, took some time out for two, three weeks and then approached back. And then some sort of from that middle of the fourth month, things started to pick up again. And then I found my mm. rhythm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's always the way, isn't it? Now yeah. on that track record that you had where you, obviously somebody saw it and they, they thought they'll give you funding on the back of it. I mean, what can you sort of walk us through? The, the stats around that track record, like example, how, how, how long was it? The ROI on it and maybe uh, something else, perhaps like a, a, like a profit factor or a win rate or some other stat that they thought they looked pretty yeah, good. Yeah. So, so the down. first thing for yeah, of course, the first thing for me was um, to keep the drawdown. Well, my goal was to keep the drawdown under 10%. I, I fell short of that slightly, got up to around 12.5%. Um, my, in terms of like what I wanted to target each month, I always said to myself, look, 
I, as, as a person over those years, I lost, I lost a lot of money, a lot. And I, I extracted my statements and it was horrifying. Um, so while I was going through the process, everyone goes through the process. So I was quite risk averse. So for me, I just wanted to be able to get more money than what I'm getting in a, in, in my savings account, more money than what I'd get in a bond, um, you know, and, and, and at least try and be on track, if not greater than what, you know, the average stock stock market's producing around 10% per year. So I was happy trying to generate around sort of two to 5% every month consistently. Um, on average, uh, I was doing between sort of three and 5%, um, you know, over the year, you know, as I said, it was, it was pretty, pretty solid. I mean, in terms of my win rate, my percentage, I was looking at about 55%. So I wasn't overly, you know, successful in terms of, um, you know, when, when ex- some people have a great, greater win rate, how I was operating, it wasn't. Um, but I knew that every other trade more or less was going to go in my favor. Um, so, yeah. And were yeah. you basing it on like fundamentals as well as technicals at that point, or was it more sort of swaying one way? So it, it was, for, so for example, my fundamentals played a part in, um, so there's themes, right? So maybe back then we had a theme of Brexit. So we had the situation of Brexit um, early on when I was trading. Uh, G- my baby was GU. So um, for example, depending on how well the, the talks were going. So I, I keep in, in line with, with the themes. What's, what was someone talking about? Are these Brexit talks going well? If they're not, then it sets a fundamental trend. Like as we have a trend technically, if the market trending to downside, we'll have a trend or a theme uh, fundamentally uh, for a currency. So I'm always staying in line with those themes. So if I know there's a negative uh, bit of news going on around GBP, typically we should be trending to the downside. So any rally that we're potentially seeing is subject to being sold. Now, when we're seeing that rally, then technically I'm looking at when am I going to, how am I going to get my entry? You know, that's when I'm looking for my entry technically, um, you know, coming up to those key areas of supply How's the candlestick responding in those areas of supply? Um, and then looking for very basic sort of chart patterns, such as, you know, flags, bearish flags, bearish pennants in this case of, of that. And then looking mm. to sell that rally essentially, because I knew the fundamental tone is negative. Um, just to put that, that's how, so that's yeah. how sort of I, I'll use the fundamentals and the technicals, you know. Okay. And and so like, so, so I mean, a 12% drawdown on, on an account over a period of time with three to five a, a month, how long did it take you to get out of that drawdown? Can you remember? How long? Yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you, buddy. What this, but, yeah. It, it would have, it, well, but it was, it was, it was steady, a steady growth. It wasn't like I just shot out of it and it was there. No, it was no, steady. not at all. Bro, it is always steady. You know, as I said, I've, I've been in that, those, I've been in the trenches with, with my accounts, you know, in the past. So, it's always gradual, 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 gradual. Uh, that's how I operate, you know, small wins, small wins, small losses, you know, ideally. So, um, yeah. All right, folks, I'm here at Blackpool Markets headquarters in Auckland, New Zealand. You can see this amazing view behind me of Auckland Harbour. Now, talking about views, if you do want to get free TradingView Pro, then all you need to do is trade one lot a month at Blackpool Markets, and they're going to give you free TradingView Pro. So, folks, to find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above. Yeah. And, and so, so, so this, so, so you, you, you jumped into doing it yourself. You, you struggled initially, took three weeks off to turn it around. What happened when you got back? How did that, how did that pan out? Um, it's a good question. What happened when I got back? I, to be fair, I just, I had enough time to, to recover sort of, uh, psychologically. I think, I feel <laughs> I took that, that break. 
uh, and I came back with that fresh enthusiasm again, but a little bit more patient. So when I was, though, during those three months, I found like my patience would just went out the window. So, um, you know, I'd be jumping the gun with my trade. So I'd be getting in too early. And then later on in the day anyway, I'd see that it, GU, for example, had gone in my favor. If I'm looking to buy, mm. it just kept going against me, going against me, going against me. But then later in the session, we, we started rallying. So it was, I had, I had the, the bias correct, but I was just too impatient. So when I approached again that month four, it was like, look, I just kept reminding myself, patience pays. So let me just wait a minute and try and get a better entry um, and sit on my hands a little bit more and stop getting caught out in these fake outs that are occurring all the time. Um, but then also I established a trading time um, that I must uh, that I must follow in terms of stick to. So uh, for me, it was not jumping into trades um, ahead of London Open. There was too much volatility there, but I was trying to think, oh, if I get in early here, this is great. Uh, I'll get a good entry. But no, I was getting not, uh, stopped out all the time. But then also it's waiting for allow, allowing the London flow to calm down and then entering at about 11 o'clock London a.m. Then not trading past 3 p.m. So I had a specific window that I established as well. So I really, really narrowed down and optimized um, after sort of reviewing all those stats uh, on, a on my initial trading front of those three months. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I've got a couple of questions on that. So, so number one is like, so it, in fact, it came from an interview I did earlier this week and the guy at the end of the interview goes, goes, oh, there was something I did want to say. And that was that, and we can get to it now. It was when you go trading out on your own, well, he always he said, I recommend people get like some kind of other income to to be coming in to stop that psychological um impact of like, man, this is it. I've got to make, you know, I'm making money through the markets only. I've got nothing else. Whereas this guy had like a a consultancy that he that he had the odd job for here and there. Um did you have anything like that to to help you when you sort of made that shift from corporate to to uh to to sole trader? Yes, I did. That's a good question, actually. Um, I, I, I actually did. Um, so I started creating content. Um, initially, see, as soon as I'd left that corporate world, I started pushing out content via IG, Instagram. I think I was the first person to actually show my face on Instagram and the first person to come on and, and start talking fundamentals. So I got very quick traction. People are like, whoa, what is this? Like, mm. um, So I built up quite a quick following. And then I was able to secure some, some broker sponsorships. Um, in terms of uh, producing content for them, mentioning their name, uh, as simple as that. So that actually provided a little bit of bread and butter. It wasn't much by any means, but it was still a little bit of a cushion. So um, yeah, and, and just writing little bits of analysis for them. So uh, yeah, that that was a little bit of a help as well, to be honest with yeah. you. And it's uh, funny because I mean, I think a lot of people out there sort of believe that okay, that's a, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to trade and I'm going to give up my job and go and be a trader. But it's, I suppose, what they don't factor in is that psychological aspect where it's gonna, it's gonna hit you, right? Because all of a sudden, this is it. This is, you know, you've you've gone from one single source of income to another. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no fallback plan, and this one's, <laughs> this one comes with risk every yeah, single day. It, I think, yeah, that that's a very good point that you've made. I, I feel, you know, people are very quick to just want to take the complete jump, and and I, and I get it, but it is good to try and have another source of income because look the i know these markets can be extremely lucrative but they can be a killer as well so um they're unpredictable you know there's mm. times where we may not get paid there's times when you know i've gone through losing solid losing streaks and i'm not getting paid but 
if you can have that source of income, um, you know, to supplement any potential downside that you may, uh, that may happen, it will take some, a lot of mental strain off you, a lot of mental pressure and, and uh, away. So yeah, I think it's a good idea to yeah. try and have that as well. And I suppose oh, this day and age, you've got prop firms as well, where you can, you know, instead of just trading your own capital, you've got, you know, access to other capital. Now, one thing I did want to uh, jump into was habits. And it sounded like when you were talking about how you structured your day and found that, okay, right, now I've got a window that I get in on. Um, I mean, do do you find that there's like part of becoming a successful trader is creating trading as a habit? And finding like what is that habit you're gonna always do and doing it like you know sort of like your morning routine kind of thing. Have you got any any views on that? Yeah. So I mean, for me, well, before I get into sort of the routine that I follow, um, firstly, it's it's um, yeah. I'll, I'll just go. I'll go through my routine, morning routine. Right. Uh, I wake up. Obviously, black coffee. I'm digesting all of the news fundamentally, uh, all, all the fundamental news going on because I want to be in line with uh, uh, the, the influences of the, of the asset class that I'm trading. I think it's so key. Anyone, I know people work very quick sometimes to, to look overlook fundamentals, but I think it's so key that you know the inner workings, the macros of what's going on with the currency or, or the, the instrument that you're trading. So uh, as, as, as a routine, as a habit, understand what's what's happening what are all the talking points right now with that all you have to do if you're trading gold just type into google news gold and there's tons of articles being written so you can understand you know what's influencing it at the moment you know before we had the big rally for gold with svb um gold's rallying at the moment because the fmc may not be uh you know maybe pausing rates all these things and anything that you don't understand you know make it a routine to, to 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 write down or and then put things that you don't understand that you're reading into Investopedia, into YouTube. So, th- so that's the first habit I, I think to do. The second is to be aware of yourself fully, because during my time, um, I obviously uh, while I was while I was growing and and, and learning as a trader, I, was, I, I had a routine. Uh, I had a journal. Like everyone, every trader should have a journal. But what a lot of people missed out on that journal, something that I, out of my own sort of uh, discovery, I added a, a tab on, on my journal, which was emotion. How did I feel on that day when, when I woke up? I found, and, and, and it may sound cliche, but it's true. I found every single time that I wasn't feeling great. And there's times when I just wasn't feeling great. You know, I may have had an argument with, with my partner. Um, something just may have happened to me uh, in a week, whatever. On those days, I was not profitable. I was doing making stupid mistakes. So make it a habit to be aware of yourself. Write down your in your journal, like like you would as when you're growing up as a kid. You have a little journal. Have that in your trading journal. How are you feeling on that day? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so that as well. And then as a final thing, um, as another habit, I think keep 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 yourself active as well. So um, yes be be enthusiastic and and be, and be in front of the screens to conduct your analysis but make it a habit to get out and away from these screens otherwise they will overconsume you and you end up doing things that you shouldn't you end up jumping into other markets that you're unaware of um so to so take that time away whether it's going to the gym going walk your dog <laughs> whatever the case may be come away from these so those three things i think for me are quite key it's ironic because it's you sort of you know i think a lot of people feel unproductive by doing that because it's, it's it seems counterproductive, but in fact, it's the other way around. It is productive. <laughs> it's really weird. It's really weird. Really. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle because it is just sort of like completely the opposite of what everyone 
wants to do. It's like, oh, I should just work, 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 and the money will come. Whereas yeah. in this case, it's like, try everything not to jump on the charts, then go on. And when you're feeling good, um, exactly, exactly. Fundamentals, funnily enough, and I've been mentioning it before the show, like a lot of folks that I've had on recently have had a fundamental, quite a heavy fundamental bent to what they're doing. And they all seem to be doing pretty well. Um, and I'm actually even, cause I've had no fundamental bias whatsoever, really. And probably until the last few weeks. And now I'm like, things that are quite, quite drastic and strong where I'm noticing them and going, well, why did I just get in that short when that currency is clearly, um, is clearly strong and the other mm-hmm. one's clearly weak. Why am I getting in the short and and getting mm-hmm. kicked? You know, it's like, why am I not focusing more on the fundamentals? So, I mean, what what is your view on sort of like if somebody wants? I mean, you've given us, you know, start the day off, jump into the papers and stuff, Google whatever, get the fundamentals. I mean, how how can somebody? How would you say to best distill it down so it's like a step by step process of, you know, now I I've got my fundamental bent and I can trade one direction on this pair or whatever it is. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so for, for me, uh, what what I what I did and what I still do to this day is an Excel sheet, right? Have an Excel sheet. So say, for example, you want to trade um Euro dollar, compile all the data, very easy to do. So, you know, get in my I'd have different fields. So GDP, growth of the Eurozone, inflation, the labor market, all of these things. So I'm putting in all the data. Uh, over the uh, each month, what, what we've come out in, in terms of uh, most recently uh, over the last sort of six months, 12 months, however want to, low, long you want to go back. So you want to try and establish how strong is the euro, um, you know, economically. And then you want to do the exact same thing for the dollar as well. All those data points, um, also what the central bank is doing, where interest rates are at, all of those fields, put them all in. Now, my friend, you have started off uh, as, a, as a fundamentalist. You are now comparing economic data. How is this economy forming versus that one. So I think that's the first step. And it's very simple. Just type it into, you know, for example, the, the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics in the United States give a lot of data and um, just uh, go onto the ECB's website, you'll get, you'll get inflation and all that. So you, the, the data's out there for you to find. It's very easy to obtain off. Something that's slipped my head is Forex Factory. All the data's there as well, the historical. So just input it into a spreadsheet and then start analyzing that way. I think that's the first step. And do you guys, and would you use that in back testing as well? If you're going to go back and have a look at the charts and go, like on the you know 31st of October, uh, 2022, this news event happened. Let me go back and have a look. And did the market trend for two months after that, or, or you know that kind of thing? One hundred percent. And if once people start, definitely. So with with certain data points as well, that the high impact stuff. You if you go back. Um, look left at that chart and go to those specific dates, you will see how certain data points set new trends uh, for currencies. You know, certain themes set new trends. One of the most like uh, recent ones, if you look back Octo- around October, November of, of last year, 2022, we saw the dollar end its bull run. The reason it ended its bull run, go to the exact date, pull up your Forex factory, check. It was lower inflation. Inflation started to cool in the United States. So people, markets are now pricing, big players are now pricing le- uh, less aggressive action. So the dollar started selling off. So yeah, you can go through and back test that and find those key, those key economic data points and, and timestamp them on a chart. Easy, easy. And, and, on, and on that, have you ever sort of like, or can you remember a time where you, you saw some, you know, some back tested bit of information work and then that thing happened again in the future and you're able to go, you know, because I'm guessing this will be quite some time in the future that these major events happen and you're able to go, right, 
this has happened, it's opposite of that, or it's the same as that. I'm going to do exactly the same what happened last time. Have you ever, has that ever happened? And have you got any like sort of great trade stories off the back of it? I'm clutching your straws here. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, yeah, I mean, that's a good question, mate. I mean, it, in terms of me using that information that, that I just said in terms of, uh, you know, going through and, and checking the, the historics, I still do that to this day. I mean, I don't really have any great trade stories as such. Um, I have really bad trade stories <laughs> in that front of when I, when I tried to trade, um, you know, Brexit, Brexit, when Brexit right. occurred back in yeah. June, 2016, uh, that was an awful time for me. Uh, so for me, I spread my risk over three brokers still to that, do that to this day. Back then I anticipated, um, again, this is where my fundamentals went wrong, but who would have predicted it? I, I predicted that the UK were going to remain in the EU. I had some shorts with GU. Um, and then obviously on one of my accounts got completely wiped, you know, completely. So a third gone, um, just like that. <laughs> so that, that was a, that's a horror story, um, to, to be fair. And as I say, it's just, just as fortunate that I did have, you know, my risk spread across three accounts, but it's still a big hit. Um, but in terms of like good news, you know, you, you start to establish patterns. You start to, uh, when you're in line with the fundamentals and what's, what's going on, you, you're going to, you're going to start be be able to anticipate more correctly, um, get things more right um, uh, moving forward. And, but I, I still think it's key to tie that in with your, with your strategy technically as well. You know, sometimes things going hand in hand. What you'll notice actually as well is, yes, in the past, you've seen dollars reacted like this to, to this certain piece of data. And then you can have that in your head now with, with your strategy moving forwards. Like recently we had uh, in the dollar index, we had a nice little head and shoulders forming. If you pull it up on the, on the daily or on the weekly, you'll see. And we just recently broke out of that to the downside, um, again, because the FOMC are not going to be uh, raising rates, it looks like they're going to be pausing. So uh, things just go hand in hand as well. And you'll start to see those sort of patterns um, form on the charts as well when your fundamentals is going hand in hand with the technicals. Tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts? Introducing my Robot Builders Club. With our platform, you can build bots in minutes, not weeks, without any coding required. Get lifetime access to my video course, VIP community, and over 40 ready-made robots. Works with MT4 or MT5, and as a bonus, you'll get three months access to my robot lab, where we build and test bots on live calls every week. Join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter not harder click the link in the description to learn more get the free training and download a free robot and, and so from a, like a technical point of view you obviously learned supply and demand did you did you carry on learning or do you do you still learn to this day or have you sort of come up with your way of just getting in and, and you're happy with it now yeah to be honest if you can at the end of the day i find every single piece of analysis technical analysis is subjective you know i don't you get all these people talking about smc and God knows what, there's all these things popping up, but I feel every piece of analysis is subjective. Like you, if you and I are supply and demand traders, you could draw a zone completely different to me. You may have your bodies or your candlesticks in that zone um, and leave the wicks out. I may do the opposite. I may have the whole candlestick in that supply zone. So, so it's, it's just subjective in that front. And I think for me, I've obviously I've optimized what I do, um, but it, it what, what I find works for me, you know, and that's it. I, I Yes, I still, uh, when, you, when you're saying, do, do I still learn? Yes, I am. I, I had to recently, uh, after the pandemic, I had to change my strategy a little bit um, because of the way in which the market was moving. It didn't suit uh, my strategy, clearly. It just happens. Change, conditions happen. So you always have to optimize, otherwise you'll get left behind. Um, so yeah, I am still learning. I'm forever learning uh, yeah. in this game and optimizing what I do.
And, and at what at what point do you sort of like, I mean, because this always, always intrigues me, you, you sort of say, okay, look, this, for whatever reason, this strategy is, you know, losing too too often or whatever it is, or, or the wins just aren't, you know, it's not reaching there. At what point do you, do you say, I need to make a shift? Um, and I actually came across the other day looking at a bot that I was running and it had, had things like six losing trades in a row. And I was like, and I was like, oh man, is this it, after a good run? And I was like, is yeah. this what is going on here? Is this thing just falling off a cliff here? But then I was able to go back and have a look at the 10 year report and go, okay, the maximum number of trades it lost was eight in a row. So mm. six is okay. And now, now it's actually come back and it's, it's, it's growing again. So I had something to work on. Is there, at what point did you, did you, uh, I suppose, go, ah, this thing, this strategy just ain't like surviving through the, the coronavirus for whatever reason. Was there anything you can share with us us there? Yeah, just I, I just want to say something actually quickly, just because uh, just for, for anyone listening, what you just said there, you hit the nail on the head in terms of actually going and look at the report, you know, the data over, over sort of a 10 year period. And you, you really broke it down in terms of the stats. I think people are very quickly, easy today to, to jump the gun, you know, away from quick, quickly try and switch their strategy to try and find this holy grail, if you like, um, you know, and, and they're too fixated on, on the short term, you know, looking at trading on a day, looking at trading on the week, on the month. No, no, no. But it's, it's month after month, it's year after year, mm. you know, uh, don't, don't be caught up in, in the noise um, within a day, you know, just cause I haven't been profitable today. I haven't been profitable this week, man. This is, this is a long-term game. You know, if you want longevity, this is over the long term. <laughs> so um, in terms of, for me, um, to be honest with you, I, I started changing things up um, after a two month period of just um, uh, straight losses, like uh, in terms of negative months. And the reason being was uh, the markets just got super, super um, aggressive uh, for, for, for my strategy. So, I established that. I established that. And I just, it just, I just knew it just wasn't going to work. Um, so I, so I made adjustments. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do remember yeah. back then it was like the, the spread on EU was like two, 20, uh, two pips or something versus like, what was it? Two pips or it was just, it was big. It was like the, the moves in the market were humongous. <laughs> just they were huge. massive. Yeah. We were having, you know, day, days like trading ranges. Like when you look at GJ, it's like, 400 pips, crazy things like that. Yeah, it was, just, yeah, it was, it was in, immense yeah, for it a was good period. Yeah, 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 it was a. Okay, um, so now uh, let's let's dive into um, some stats around like your, your trading now. Um, and in fact, we'll tra- and a few other things. So like, I mean, what, what timeframes are you focusing in on to start off with? Yeah, so um, I'm looking at the daily chart um, and I'm dropping down to the four hour chart um, for my entries. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more longer term just because as I say, fund with, with my fundamental view, um, I have a specific, uh, yeah, I have a view of where, say for example, well, my baby usually is GU, but I trade all, all majors now because I'm just in tune with everything, um, you know, across all markets. So, uh, I'm looking at the daily and I'm looking at four hours for entries, um, in terms of, um, <laughs> so in terms of uh how i trade as i said on a supply and demand level yeah okay. what, what, what else is the question there so oh yeah missed... that was the only part that was the first part of the question that, that, so on on that do yeah. you do you have um i'm just trying to put, so so when you when you set your trade up right do you have like a fixed target and a fixed stop or how do you manage your trades along the way so 
In terms of uh, fixed targets, um, for me, in terms of actual pips, you talking? Well, just no, no, more like, um, I mean, do you say like, right, my take profit is here and that's forever and a day, never going to touch that? Or do you manage the trade somehow? Yeah, so Cam, for, for me, I'm always, all, all I'm simply doing is I'm, I'm looking left, right? I'm looking left at uh, how the price has responded. So if I've got a zone marked up of where I've entered, right? I've, I've just entered uh, a zone because... Uh, say an area of supply, the price has broke out, retested and it's held. Okay, this is my new, we've got some new comfort here. So I am looking for, ideally for longs, we're trending to the upside. I'm looking left, I just wanna see where the next zone is and how I'm validating that is, okay, this zone here has acted as both supply and demand in the past. You see the price has entered it, uh, previously has found resistance, you've seen the price has also uh, found support there as well. So that's a valid zone for me. So I'm just looking left where the next major zone is and that's where I'm, where I'm ideally targeting. Um, and, and then the stop I'm placing below that demand area and I'm leaving a little bit of breathing room in case we get any sort of fake outs or any short lived sort of wicks to the downside. Mm. Um, and then in terms of like how I'm managing my trade, to be fair, I'm always looking to take partials because I am extremely risk averse. Um, and I know how quickly things can change. I know how we can get a lot of noise um, in between. So I always want to pay myself uh, psychologically because it's just numbers. It's just, otherwise it's just so gamified when you're looking at your MT4, your MT5, it's not your actual money until you're actually removing some of that profit and, and paying yourself. So um, yeah, that's, that's how I deal with that. And and what kind of risk, are you, how are you managing risk in terms of, do you take a percentage of your balance or your equity or what does it look like? What, sorry, what was that? Oh, sorry, from risk, like do, do you just risk a, a fixed up lot size or a percentage of your account how does that no work yeah see I, I i stick to one to two percent as cliche as it is it's true um so i, I will go up to the to, to to the latter towards two percent when i am everything is completely aligned and i'm extreme and i have multiple confluences literally i'm usually uh, i'm i'm usually looking for three confluences minimum to execute on my my one percent risk um, with the 2%, anything above that, then great. I'll, I'll, I'll risk 2%. Um, so yeah, that, that I'm just, I stick to that because I know in the past, I, you know, I, I've, I've risked 3%, 5%, but then when I have those leasing streaks, they very quickly add up and that's account gone, you know, kiss your account goodbye. Yeah. So yeah, one to 2% I stick with, it's there for a reason. And, and have you, and do you ever like, I suppose, looking at that, you know, varied, varied risk, do you ever get to the point where you're like going, where you you know you do a two percent okay this is a two percent setup losers, and then the next one you're like well that's a two percent setup but I'm going to take a one percent setup or or does it does it somehow like screw with you or are you lucky enough or good enough to get a two percent actually working more often than not to pay for any one percent like you know losses that just come along. Yeah, for, fortunately at the moment, I, I am like I do my, my two percent do pay off um a lot more. And, and to be honest with you, I'm never I'm never beaten when the times come and and I do go on a, on a losing streak of, of my two percent. Whenever that ha happens, by the way, if I if I have a a beaten situation of, of of a run of a loss of two two percent, and if I ever feel like my confidence has taken a, a hit. I drop it all the way down, Cam, you know, and, uh, I, and I come back and re restore that confidence. I still need to do that at times. You know, when I'm yeah. saying restore the confidence, I'm talking just risking 0.25%, yep. um, 0.5%, 0.75% and work my way back up again. So, it's a long-term game, as you know. Yeah. So uh, I know people are very quick to easy that to down, turn into a downward spiral and chase that money back. Um, or um, 
just want to want to make the money quickly. No, just grad easy, easy, gradual. And, and so, like you know, you sort of talked about taking partials, which which uh, you know makes sense, and you get paid. I mean, what what if you had to sort of like work out? Okay, at the end of a a trade or well, let's say a trading week, what's your average risk to reward kind of ratio? Factoring in the partials and stuff. I mean, what does what does that look like? And because I think it's quite interesting, you know, to to see what the whether or not like you know it's positive or even slightly negative risk to reward that is. No, typically uh, my risk to reward between around one point five to two. You know, for for my trades, um, uh, the reason being, I've, I've, as I said, my my win rate isn't the best. You know, I'm, I'm looking just over fifty percent, um, so I need I need to be hitting that minimum risk to reward of, mm. of two, ideally speaking, ideally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So so um, and you, where would you take partials? Was it just is it varied or? Yeah. So the, why 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 I take partials is. Um, few different factors. For example, a bit of fundamental news has come out and, and changed things, you know, whether it's a, a, a central bank speaker has said something or a piece of uh, economic, an economic release has come out and it's shifted the, the trend to the downside uh, or whatever the case may be. So that would be one fa- factor looking to, to take partials. The other is um, sometimes, as I say, every bit of analysis is subjective. So that level, when I said I'm look uh, that that zone where I said I'm looking left and seeing how the prices responded there, um, I may have miscalculated that a little bit. Um, so I've just seen now if I just put a if I just put a horizontal line at where the price is 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 failing to to break, I can see is actually resistance there. Um, so then that I'd be taking partials there as well. Um, so yeah, just a few different factors. And in, in, on a four-hour chart, I mean, how do you manage that across the course of the day with, with I guess, you know, you're probably on a 12-hour basis, you're going to have three candles, um, then you've got to go to sleep at some point. I mean, how does that come into your life lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, no, it's beautiful, actually, because for me, it's it, it allows me to live my life. You know, it's, it's a, I, I generally take the approach cam with, with set and forget. The higher timeframes allow me to, and, and with my zones, give me enough cushion to uh, not worry about all the noise, you know, I'm place, I place my trades um, once I'm comfortable with, uh, you know, for, as, I, as I gave an example there, if we've seen a nice little breakout of, of a supply area, the, pri- the, 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 candles, the four hour candlestick has come back in. Um, we've seen that hold. We formed, say, for example, a, a nice little morning star suggests that we're going to, uh, you know, so on that pullback, excuse me, we've seen, seen a nice little uh, morning star form and then the momentum shifting to the upside. I've got then I leave enough breathing room below that former supply, now demand, leave enough breathing room, and I sort of set and forget and allow that position to, to run its course. Um, obviously, monitoring uh, through the through uh, the day and, and, and obviously the next day to take those partials. Um, so, yeah, it, it doesn't really have affect my lifestyle in the sense that I need to be constantly, constantly glued to my terminal and, and my trade. What, what, what I'm interested in finding out is like, so... You say you trade the majors, right? So there's like what, five or six of them, depending on if you if you trade every single one. So usually they've got some kind of you know red news coming out once a week on one at least one pair. I mean, how do you manage the red news that's going to come out on like let's say, let's say non farm payroll or something like that on a Friday? Well, maybe that's not a good example. Let's say an interest rate change on a on like a Wednesday. 
Yeah. I mean, how would that affect your trading week? What would you be doing? Would you be trading through that or would you be avoiding it like the plague? Yeah, well, it's, it's, again, it's a good question. It is it, it is subject to change depending on how big the event is. So, okay, let's use your example of the FOMC. Now, um, this, oh, this, this, I'd have to go into a lot of detail here. So I just try and put into into a nutshell. Um, at times, right, when we've got big events like that, you don't want to be trading, especially I don't like to trade on a Monday anyway, um, because everyone, this is the time people just getting back to their desk. But then on a Tuesday, you know, typically, typically um, the markets will posi- be positioned in one way or another for this uh, for this uh, central bank action, depending on, on, on what the, the, the forecast is. So if, as an example, the FOMC are, you know, what, what was this? Deci- the latest decision, they, they hiked by just by 25 base points. The pricing in was 50. Interestingly, if you look on the Tuesday, on the, the Monday, Tuesday, markets were actually anticipating uh, of a less aggressive Fed. So we're actually seeing the dollar weakening heading into that. So how do I position um, heading into it? I I go with, um, oh, it's a good question. You throw me off here because it's just, it changes a lot. Um, but typically speaking, I'd say sit out ahead of the, the, the data. Okay, I'm not going to overcomplicate it. Sit out yeah. ahead of the major news event. Then what I want you to do is digest to see what's happened, okay, in terms of it, what, what has happened with the FMC, and then see how the markets interpret it, right? And then that's going to be setting your, yourself a new trend uh, in terms of new trends. So if you look most recently with the dollar, right, if we go back to when they just hiked by 25, not 50, okay, after the event, okay, you don't have to worry about all the noise trying to trade it. But after the event, there's a new trend that's been set to the downside. So now the dollar's vulnerable, the rallies are being sold. So my suggestion is just to, to wrap that all up again. Don't even bother trying to trade ahead of the event. Allow the markets to do what it'll do because there's a lot of positioning going on. Um, I was, sorry, I know I probably confused you at the beginning. No, no, you there. haven't. That, that, that's the answer I wanted. I think. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what yeah. I was wanted, wanted to see. Are you sitting out or are you sort yeah. of going so on? Initially, yeah. Yeah, initially, yeah, let's sit out uh, beforehand, digest what's actually happened. Don't even still try and jump in straight away. Digest what's happened. And then, you know, a new trend uh, should have formed there. And then you can enjoy that. You know, your fundamental, uh, you know, the theme should be trending mm. to downside as we're seeing right now with the dollar. Yeah. Um, and on on that um, fundamental news, so the, I suppose the question I was really wanting to ask was, so how many trades would you typically be taking in a week based on, you know, majors, you got news coming up now and again for for what, you know, at least probably one pair. How, how many would you be trading? How many trades would you take in a week, for example? Um, yeah, I'm, on average, I'm looking at about three trades, um, you know, three trades. Sometimes there isn't anything at all, you know, but yeah, on average, about three trades. Um, and that's, yes, yeah, specifically, uh, I'm looking, obviously, as I say, the majors, I'm looking at GU, EU, and um, I do like Aussie, Aussie as well um, at, at the moment. So uh, yeah, three, three trades where, where possible. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Now, um, I think I mean, you've got a unique story in terms of being able to work in the industry in, in probably two major, major, major ways, like working for a brokerage and also working for whatever the, the as a runner that first and an analyst at their first yeah. job, which is just crazy kind of experience. Now, what, do, what would you recommend somebody who's out there just working a normal sort of, you know, boring as day job? Um, what steps would you, would you recommend they take to start growing an account? Okay. Yeah. It's a good question. Firstly, 
make sure that you can make money. Get yourself into a position where you're confident enough that you can consistently extract money from the market. So that is obviously getting a, getting a strategy in place, um, understanding, try and understand your fundamentals where you can, okay? Uh, try and get yourself uh, in, in a good headspace, um, you know, and, and have a clear plan. Um, with, your, with whatever income you're getting each, uh, what I used to do, so every, every week, I'd put money into my trading account, but only once I was actually able to be uh, consistent and, and, and extract money. So gradually build your trading account, you know, as if you'd be putting it into your, into your bank account. No, no, mm. put, put some of that into your trading account and allow that to build organically. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's just good. Yeah. I've had that advice before. Just put put a little bit in every week. It's good advice. It's good advice. Now, mm. um, last thing before we dive into like sort of a wrap up, few questions now what about from a mindset point of view if you had to sort of give somebody like a mindset hack to to try and implement to help improve whatever they're doing around their trading whatever's going wrong with it what would that be a mindset hack yeah okay if something's if, if they're not in a good place right now well just 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 something that's probably that doesn't necessarily need to be in a good place. I think, I mean, most people are not in a good place in terms of their, their trading. So it's probably something that's going to help improve their trading. If they could implement it, one little trick, one little tip, hit, hack, something like that. Something that maybe well, you've tried that worked. Well, I'm going to keep it, keep it simple, mate. And it's just not risking too much in the market. Okay. Uh, as simple as that. If you, if you don't risk too much in the market, you're, there's going to be a, a big chunky amount of, uh, emotion that is completely removed uh, from from your approach. So if you can initially risk 0.25% to 0.5% per trade, I promise you, you're going to feel less emotion attached. Mm. Um, and, and that's it. That's the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, that's actually very good advice. And I think people should take heed of that. Take heed mm. of it. If you're risking 1% or 2%, then drop it back, drop it back. Mm -hmm. And even if you're like trying these prop, firm challenges i mean you, you know drop it back until you get a bit of bit of headway then increase it now what about exactly. i mean from from a prop firm kind of point of view i mean what what have your experiences been have you ever tried you know are you funded or anything like that have you tried to go through that process um i haven't i haven't gone through that process no um i i like the idea of of prop firms um i'm very aware of them uh, i have several friends within the industry that are in prop firms or run prop firms um, I think they're a great way to, obviously, at the end of the day, when you're trading your own capital, there's a big, chunky amount of uh, emotion and, and psychology attached. But when you're obviously trading the, the funded accounts, there that, it removes a little bit of pressure and, and a little bit of that emotion. But then you've also got a, 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 a situation where you want to prove these guys that you can get funded and, and you want to prove prove yourself as a, as a funded trader. So I like it in that aspect. The only thing is... I, what I don't agree with is, is people just rushing to keep do, redoing these challenges just because it does add up and it does cost a lot of money. I know you're not putting what you'd be doing, putting the money in your, 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 your account and blowing it up, but in essence, you're doing the same thing by just redepositing, redepositing for these challenges. But I think they're, they're a great, they're a great tool. So long as you find the right place. And cause I know there's a lot of horror stories of people not getting paid out with certain, certain funded programs, but find the right one. And I think it's, it's great for you. Um, yeah, for sure. But I, I personally have no no experience of actually using it myself. Okay, cool. Now, now, what about um? Actually, we'll just dive into a few quick fire questions and, and then wrap up here. So, to start off with, well, I mean, what haven't we asked you yet? So, what about a recommended book or resource? 
recommended book or resource? I'm going to say secret. <laughs> so, well, I'm going to say the secret because, um, as I say, trading is, um, man, easily 90% psychology. So if you can start thinking the right way, um, uh, jump into the secret. Um, uh, that's it. In terms of resource, mate, uh, on a trading front, there's, I'm not going to sit here and reel off a ton of books because as I say, I go back to what I said before and I've said, I keep saying it about sound like break record. Trading is freaking subjective. You know, just learn the basics, understand the, the workings of, of, of candlesticks, uh, why they move the way they move, understand very basic uh, supply and demand um, and, and just find something that works for you and just stick to it and optimize it. You know, yeah. now, I'm not going to give you, start giving you all trading books, yeah. the way of the yeah. turtle and all that crap, <laughs> because you know, it just, you'll read it and it just goes in and out anywhere. Yeah. It goes in and out. I mean, it's, it's like the secret. I, I mean, I read the secret and I think I watched the movie as well years ago, years ago though, it was years ago. And I, st- I don't like do, I don't do the secret stuff enough like in my day-to-day mm. life. I mean, do you, do you still, would you say you would be one of these people that actually still uses it? Bro, I still use it. It's, it's a habit. It's part of my life. Right. So I have to, uh, you know, I feel like implementing that is a, is a, is a life hack in itself, you know, and it just, it makes you feel good as well. Get, get having those aff- affirmations. And, and it's crazy when you start seeing some of this shit pay off, you know, that you, 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 you're, you're, you're visually, that you're visualizing, that you're writing down, and when it starts to come to into fruition, it's like, wow, this is powerful. You know, I I, I really encourage people to try it, even mm-hmm. with the most smallest of goals initially and see how it, it pays off and changes your mindset. So, yeah, I still do it, buddy. It's yeah. part of my, yeah. uh, part of my lifestyle. Start, I'm going to start doing it again, I think. I'm going to start doing it again because I, I, I literally, I mean, I'll probably do it now and again. Like, okay, there's going to be a car park there for me. Like little <laughs> crap, little yeah, things like, like that, that. You know, and it's like, and most of the time it actually works. Um, yeah. But uh, all right, the well, the other one is like I'm going to score a goal today, and I picture the ball going in the back of the net, like completely. Oh, yes, you, know, you play football. Yeah, 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 completely sort of pointless stuff. I mean, I scored an absolute worldie in the weekend. Like it was, I mean, I'll tell you afterwards because I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to ruin the show for everyone. But, no, all good, all good, all good. <laughs> um, right now, the um, what about your preferred broker and trading platform? Look, folks, I know you want the answer to this question. Which broker is this trader using? Now, the answer has been sponsored by Black Bull Markets. So to find the answer out, you're going to need to go over to tradingnut.com, find the show notes page for this guest, and then all will be revealed. Um, now, do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Yeah, the worst ever trade, as I told you uh, at the beginning of this, is the it was the Brexit, you know, trying to anticipate that the UK were going to remain, and they didn't, and I was short GU, um, and... Yeah, I, I lost. I lost my account. Um, I lost my account. So that that was that was the, mm. that was it. Um, and last Thank question you. before we wrap up: What uh, if there was one thing you could, one piece of advice you could leave our listeners? What would it be? Uh, don't rush the process. Um, remember that this this tra- beautiful trading journey is you're going to have a lot of ups and downs, and don't be so fixated on what. Um, you know, your, your trading guru or your trading mentor on Instagram is, is doing the lifestyle that they're living, focus on you, try and take some little bit of, of motivation or inspiration from what they're doing, but don't bypass your own process. Um, because it, it, you know, if you try and rush this process, it's, it's going to destroy, absolutely destroy your enthusiasm for markets, um, and, and, um, uh, really hamper your progress or any opportunity for you to actually have longevity in this game. So yeah, stick, stick to your path and, um, yeah, enjoy the process as well. That is great advice. Um, before we wrap up, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you? Uh, they can get hold of me on Instagram. Uh, so real Ken Chigbo. 
Well, look, folks, what we'll do um, is first we'll say a big thanks to Ken for sharing with us today and everything we have discussed here will be up there in the show notes, all those links to his Instagram and everything. Uh, to find them, simply search for Ken in the search box on tradingnut.com or click the links in the description. But until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. There you have it, folks. Interview done and dusted with Ken. Now, do remember... Links are in the description. While you're clicking down around there, hit subscribe, like, and that notifications bell, and we'll see you in the next one. Uh, also, we've got Brandon Abbas over there on the show this week, coming up with five-step trading plan that anyone can master and a great way to remember it as well. So make sure you check out that video and the live streams here as well. And the new thing with the live streams, if you want to go and check out Herrera Khan on there, you'll find the link under his live stream to that new thing. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Go and check it out. Also, do remember there's that $1 trial if you do want to jump in and help us out with these Robot Lab builds where we're building out a full-on strategy and it's starting next week. So don't miss out. All right, folks, have a great trading week and we'll see you in the next one.